is mighty, he is glorious, he is on his throne, and we worship him for being the good, gracious God that he is. This morning, as we are continuing to celebrate what God has done, for those of you that were with us on Friday for the Servantier Dinner, we had a great, great time in worship, and we had a great word that came through Dr. Eliu Camacho, and today we get the privilege to hear him again. And as you're seated there, if you do not have an outline, just raise your hand and the ushers will bring you an outline. And so for those of you that don't know who Dr. Eliu Camacho is, he is my wife's uncle partially, but he is my uncle fully. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he is a great, great man of God. And as I, I want you to know, this is an 80-year-old man that's about to get up here and speak to us. And as I, as I thought about that today, I thought about Caleb, who said, I feel like I'm 40, right? When they came into the promised land, he was ready to take a mountain. And I only pray that if the Lord grants me to get to this age, that number one, someone will invite me to preach, hallelujah. <laughs> but number two, that I will have a word and a bubbling up in my soul as this man does. He loves Jesus. He has so much experience and so much to offer us. So I ask you to put your hands together for Dr. Eliu Camacho as he comes forward to share God's word with us today. always happened to me. Is that good? Yeah. Better? All right. See what I mean? I'm going to say it again. <laughs> if you could not worship with this leadership, worship leadership, I was here. <clears throat> Something is wrong with your worship button. So turn it up. Turn it up. It is a pleasure for my wife and I to be able to celebrate with you. The last time that I was celebrating with you, I was by myself. And I'm going to tell you, you are awesome. You are awesome. Thank you, Bishop, for the invitation. Thank you, leadership. Friday was a great day. I enjoyed myself. Myself. <laughs> it was great. And... Uh, having fellowship with some of the people that knew me from then, and then new faces came in, and new people we get to, uh, to meet. Uh, as I was thinking about today's message, I asked the Lord, Lord, just, just, just give me a message for Antioch. I'm sorry, for core faith. And would you believe that he pointed me right to the church in Antioch. Somehow, the Lord wanted me to speak to you about a church that the only thing that they remember, whenever you ask some preacher or whenever you ask somebody, what about Antioch? What about the church in Antioch? They don't talk about the church. They talk about the place. And they say that was the place that the followers of Christ were called Christians for the first time. And that's all they remember. But there is more about that church. We talk about Corinth. We talk about the, the church in Philippi. We talk the, about the church in Ephesians. And great churches. Great churches. But this one, that not too many people talk about, has what it takes to be a unique and blessed church. And I believe, and I'm going to tell you this with the bottom of my heart, I believe that Core Faith Church has in it the uniqueness 
to be the church for this place, not only in Oviedo. Did I pronounce that right? I always say Oviedo. <laughs> in Oviedo. Not only here, but it will ripple around. It will ripple throughout Florida and throughout the states and throughout the world because this church knows the secret and has lived for 19 years the secret that the Antioch church lived then. So let me just let me just say that uh, when, when an anniversary comes and when a birthday comes, normally it's time for rejoicing, for remembrance, and for reflection. And I think that we should take that time today to do that. And believe me, I'll be 81 this year. I'm talking about rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. Talking about remembering, I can remember. In fact, lately, I've been remembering more of the past. For those that are doctors here, they know what I mean. Way back there, than I do what happened yesterday. And talking about reflection, it's something like you see a movie. At 81 years old, you see a movie from whatever you can remember till today. And when you start reflecting in your life, you start seeing things. You start uh, looking at how great God and how faithful God is being with you. So today, as we were singing and as we were talking about the faithfulness of God for 19 years, we have to look forward as to the work that we need that has not been finished yet. Because as long as we have breath, we have to be doing what God's will is for our lives. And I'm not talking just about the church, but who makes the church, which is you. I'm talking about you personally. And you have to start looking at your life and reflecting. All the time that I've been here, how is that working in my life? The church in Antioch was born out of, uh, <laughs> out of persecution. It was, it was that uh, whenever they actually killed Stephen, and by the way, Saul was present. At that time. And we're going to talk to him later on. After Stephen was killed. Martyr. The church just scattered all over the place. And a lot of Jewish Christians left Jerusalem. As well as some Gentiles from Jerusalem left Jerusalem, and went all over the place. Let me read what the Bible says about Antioch and how this church got started. And you start reflecting on your 19 years. Who has been here for 19 years? The pastor has. <coughs> wow, yes. Well, I'm going to tell you, regardless of what year you came to be part of this church, Start reflecting from that moment on as I read this and see the similarities between the two because that's what I want to bring about in our minds today. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. And there's more to be read, but I'm just going to read that. I'd be nice to you. And if you have your Bible, open it up there. Acts. Chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. It's better when you, when you look at your Bible because my pronunciation is not as good as yours. Those who have been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen 
made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the message to no one except Jews. Now, that's important to remember. They were preaching the gospel to people that were of Jewish descent, none others. However, but there were some of them, like Cypriot and, and Cyrenian men, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Hellenists. The Hellenists were people, Gentiles, who speak Greek. And these men, Christian men from Jerusalem, came and started preaching to people other than Jews. Now, keep on making that link between Antioch and Corfate. All right? Proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. That was their mission. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Then the report about them was heard by the church that was at Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch, from Jerusalem to Antioch. And I go this way because Jerusalem is in the southeast, Antioch is in the northwest of Palestine. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with a firm resolve of the heart. This is what they are saying about Barnabas. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And large numbers of people were added to the Lord. Then he, Barnabas, went to Tarsus, which is west of Antioch, looking for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. He convinced him to come to Antioch. For the whole year, they met with the church and taught large numbers. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Did you notice that the last phrase is what people remember the most? We're going to talk about that name, Christians, in a little bit. Because a lot of people think that at that time, Christian was a, a good name. The fact is that at that time, Christians was for monkeys. There goes a Christian. <laughs> yeah, they believe that this guy just resurrected. <laughs> that was the kind of mentality that they had, and that's why they call him Christians. Now, as we read that, did you make the connection between Antioch and core faith? Do you see yourself in the middle there somewhere? Maybe some of you received the Lord right here. Could you imagine what the people at that time that were being persecuted hear about the gospel, hear about Jesus, and in spite of all that was happening around them against them, they still receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior, and change their lives. Now, let's talk about Antioch. Born out of persecution? And, and you say, well, Camacho, uh, we are not being persecuted today. Well, I beg your pardon. <laughs> Have you heard the news lately? Yes. Come on now. Yes. In 81 years, I have seen a lot of change. But I have never felt the persecution against us in the United States. Yes, we are a free country. Yes, we can, we can worship the Lord everywhere, supposedly openly. 
But you go to the marketplace and say, I'm a Christian. Or you go there and say, and then these people that have other ideas as to what marriage is or what uh, the, the way that society is built, and, and, ha, and, ha, and they want to have you do your services and, and sort of uh, confirm what they're doing, you try to say no to one. And you have to go all the way through the courts to the Supreme Court in order to be released. Hello. That's exactly what's happening. So we are in a, persec in a persecuted church. And not only in the United States. Out there is worse. I realize that. But here we've been persecuted. And here you have to watch out as to what you say. You know what? I came to the point that at 81, I could care less what anybody says. I'm going to tell them what it is. Because I got this. I have the truth. So they look at me and say, oh, that's an archaic, archaic. Praise God that I'm archaic. Because that means that I have something that is solid and that has gone through the years. So this be, be, uh, the church began because of persecution. But did you notice the inclusivity and exclusivity? What I'm talking about is that people leave Jerusalem with the gospel of Christ, go to Antioch and to all these other places and started talking just to the Jews. Now, I'm going to tell you, today we have churches all over the place that only preach to a certain group of people. And I hate to say it, but we Hispanics, and I'm a Hispanic pastor, often think that we are called just to preach to us. And that's what the Jews were thinking. Yes, we're going to preach the Lord. Yes, we're going to preach Christianity. But to our people. Well, I'm going to tell you this. There were some people that said, now wait just a minute. Christ died for all. So a church that has the vision that you have, the church that have a vision that Antioch had, is to preach the gospel, period. Whoever hears it, whoever believes it, becomes part of that effort to continue the march, doing the same. So, this church, and I remember when it all started, we had conversations about that, was born out of the need of a community. A need of a community that needed someone, some church, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ without any, uh, uh, there's a good word for this, Not taking it away, not being a whole message to a community, regardless of who would come to listen. Because salvation comes through the hearing. Regardless of race, regardless of color, regardless of ethnic background, you can hear an unadulterated gospel and are challenged to live a life according to your convictions, regardless of the consequences. And that's what I hear when I turn to Facebook and listen to your preachers. And I say preachers because the bishop preach, and I have heard some, several of you preaching, and, and the message still the same. It's pure. It's unadulterated. It is biblical. It comes right off his truth. And because of that, you can get the essence as to what Christ wants to do with your life. Now, I don't know who is here because I don't know everyone here. And I know that there may be some visitors. And I know that there may be some people that have heard about Jesus and they know about the historical Jesus. But you may not have a relationship with God through him. And today I hope that when you live here, you are so thirsty 
that you have, you want to have this Jesus in your heart and establish a relationship with his father through him. That's what we're here for. That's what this church has been here for 19 years. Just have people, regardless of their race, regardless of their color, regardless of their nationality, regardless of their, I'm going to go to the Greek, ethne. You can hear, you can sense it, you can believe it, and you can live it. What makes Antioch so special? Not only were they born out of persecution, but the Lord's hand was with them. In verse 21, the Lord's hands was with them, and a large number who believe turned to the Lord. Did you notice? It doesn't say there, they turned to the church. It didn't say there they turned to uh, the leaders of the church. It said they turned to the Lord. Friday I was talking to the leadership. And I was telling them, you know, we have to start thinking. Not only churchianity, but we have to start talking about Christianity. We got to have we're going to have to start talking about preaching the gospel so that people come to the Lord and then they join the church because they want to be part of the kingdom. And that's what the kingdom is all about, to be spread. So, they proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, what is that entails? What is the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ? They have even songs, secular songs. They have been written uh, secular songs about Jesus Christ superstar. Uh, some of you don't remember that. I'm dating myself here. What is it? What is the gospel? I'm going to tell you simply. is the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is his miraculous birth, is his, his sinless life, his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection, <clears throat> and <clears throat> not only the resurrection on the third day, but then his promise that he would come again. To take the church, he will come again. And that is a hope of glory where we can see him face to face, where we can worship him face to face. I'm going to tell you, when my brother was talking about the presence of God here today as we were worshiping, tears came to my eyes. Oh, what a Lord we have. What a Lord we have. And to experience him now. Now could you imagine when he calls you to be with him? Or when he calls the church to be with him? That we're going to see him face to face. That we're going to see him there and we're going to glory ourselves because of his glory. We're going to be overwhelmed. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. They proclaim his gospel. Now, a large number heard, believed, and turned to God, it says. Turned to God. Let me emphasize that. They didn't turn to the church. They didn't turn to the leadership. They, didn't, they turned to God. And we as leaders... And we as pastors, and we as bishops, realize that we are not the object of the message. Yes, we like to look nice, and we prepare, and we want to make sure that we, that we do the right thing, and, the, and preach the, the gospel. 
but it's the gospel. It's the Christ that we preach. And when people are saved, they are not saved because Camacho came here to visit or because the bishop preached or because somebody else preached. Jonathan, or there's several names here that I remember. No, they come because they realize that they have a void in their lives and that void needs filling. And the only one that can fill that void is Jesus Christ himself because he is the only one that would establish that relationship with the Father because he went to the cross and he died and he was resurrected for the purpose of bringing us to his own. And bringing us to the Father. Core faith. You don't know. But uh, I have some investigating skills. So I've been checking Facebook. <laughs> I'm impressed. Hearing the gospel and hearing relevant messages. The sound doctrine that has been preached in this church. Don't let any, anybody kid you. Buildings do not make a church. In fact, crowds do not make a church. What makes a church is when the gospel is being preached according to the word of God. That the word of God is preached so that people would understand the relationship that God the Father wants to have with his creation. And that the only way, yes, the only way that a person can have a relationship with God is through Christ. And they come to the church to worship him. They come to the church to listen his message. They come to the church to have fellowship with other Christians, others of the same faith. That's what church is all about. But a church that just stand with the four walls and do not leave the four walls to, to preach the, the gospel outside of the four walls, I'm going to tell you that it's going to die. Because it's only thinking about church. And it's not thinking about kingdom. It's not thinking about what God wants to do in Oviedo. What God wants to do in Florida. What God needs to do in this United States. And through the media and through all these places, this church can make a difference. And it's making a difference. So looking from the outside, I see a church whose hand, whose, that the Lord's hand is with them, with you, as he was with Antioch. You are true to your name, core faith. And I, I look at the word core, and it talks about the nucleus. It took about the, I'm not too scientific now. I'm a preacher, okay? A military guy. But I, I, I went and looked it up. It's the center. And when you have a faith that is the center of your life, that is the center of your home, that is the center of your community, that is the center of the church, we're talking about a, uh, an explosive faith. In fact, when, when we start talking about the autumn and all that, they, they talk, the explosive part is right there. What makes Antioch so special? Thirdly, the accepted fellowship and help from other churches of like faith. I'm going to tell you, many people come out of seminaries and, and they want to do their own thing. They, they want to have a, their own kingdom. Uh, and uh, they don't want to be responsible to anyone. They don't want to be uh, 
checked by anyone. They just want to be them. And here, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. I do more than, than, than being accountable to somebody. Well, I was telling the leadership the other day, when I went into the Army at the age of 17, high school dropout, my dad was a Baptist preacher, tall guy. And when that guy gave you a whipping, <laughs> you'll feel it. And at 17, ah, you better not twist the words or do the wrong thing because he would be able to do it even though you were 17. <laughs> and at that time, we didn't have all this, what is it that they call it now? Child abuse? <laughs> you know what the Bible says about that? That if you love them, whip them. Hello. Oh, my God. How many psychologists are? They're going bananas. But I'm going to tell you, if it weren't because of those weepings, I wouldn't be here with it today. Because I know myself. I want to be on my own. So I take off. I tell that, sign up. He had to sign because I wasn't in age yet. No, no, you go to school. I'm going into the army. If you don't sign, I will force your signature, and then I go to jail. So he said, well, I don't want you to go to jail. So he signed. And I go there thinking that I was going to be a free man. <laughs> As soon as I got to Fort Buchanan, and as soon as I said I do, some joker that had some stuff in there, in there, I didn't know what that meant. Soldier, that way. <laughs> what about if I want to go the other way? <laughs> no, sir. From then on, I found out that I was not in charge of anyone, and everyone in the world was in charge of me. <laughs> so, accepted fellowship and help from other churches and faith and like faith of like faith. What I'm telling you is, the fellowship that you have here in Oviedo, with different organizations doing ministry, and with other churches. Of, of the same faith, and not only here, but throughout. Let's face it, I'm a Baptist from Texas. It's not only because he's my nephew. It's because we establish a relationship, because I'm going to tell you, I have others that have never called me, and they're part of the family, to preach. Maybe... They don't have that same relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but when we started talking about God, and we started talking about what the church ought to be doing, we click. And we have conversations. And I have a, another, <laughs> this is the, the husband of my grand, oldest grandchild, granddaughter. And I'm going to tell you, that guy calls me every Tuesday and talks to me for about an hour. And it so happened that he calls me at 7 o'clock, and that's when my movie starts. <laughs> and I have to leave everything that I'm doing to take care of that guy. And we talk about everything. After talking 10 minutes about the family, then we talk about God. And then we talk about what we ought to be doing, he and I. Fellowship with others of like faith. Working with others by us just together ourselves is difficult to do. A lot. But it's so great when you can be together as the family of God, as the kingdom working. They accepted the fellowship. 
And then uh, I'm glad that they sent Barnabas. You know why? Because Barnabas, and by the way, the name means uh, son of encouragement. And, and he was the one who encouraged Paul. And he, he, that was him. That, that was his, his life was to encourage people to do. And that's why he went to Tarsus to get Paul, to bring him over, to have working with him. And then all of a sudden, at the beginning you hear uh, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. Then all of a sudden it's Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. Have you noticed that? How much encouragement did this guy give Paul? And Paul being led by the Lord to be the guy that would start writing and start uh, churches with Barnabas, with Silas, with everybody. He became the leader. Encouraged by Barnabas. A good man. Full of the Holy Spirit. And of faith. That kind of a guy. He was the one who introduced Paul, or Saul at that time, to the leadership, to the other disciples. Because they were afraid. This guy is persecuting the church. How can we accept him here? Barnabas said, no, he's been called by God to do a work. And he was the one that introduced him. Not only that, but he and Paul, at Antioch, at this church, they were both set apart by the Holy Spirit to go out and start churches. That's how that ministry started. Very few people say that. It was at Antioch. It was that church that they were praying for them. And the, and the Holy Spirit said to that church, separate Saul, uh, yeah, Saul and Barnabas. I have something for them. And the church, even though they would be leaving because they would be doing something someplace else, they acquiesce. They pray. They set them apart. They pray for them and send them off as missionaries. Now, how many missionaries are, are going to come out of core faith? How many of you the Lord is calling right now? Not only here in the States. And not because of split. The Lord wants to use everyone and has given each one of you gifts for you to use. And for you to use them here. And for you to develop yourself here. The Holy Spirit wants to build you up. So that you can be fruitful. Not only here, but wherever you go. And when I talk about going out and be, being missionary. Be missionary right there where you work in Disney. Or be there where you work. Wherever you work. There you can be a missionary. There they can see the difference. And there some are going to say, a Christian. Or what's, or what's his name, a Christian? Whenever I say that, the Lord said that you're blessed. That you're blessed. Whenever they do that, you're blessed. You're being blessed. Because you're doing his will in your life. And then, Core faith, your ministry doesn't have to stop here in the four walls. You have cooperated with other churches. I've been watching. I told you I'm, I've been investigating. You are with Forge, with a, with a group of men that you meet every so often. You pastor or preach there. I've, I've heard some of that. I have heard some of the others. And then uh, with that Project Hope, take stuff for the kids to go to school and several other things. We pass by there and I say, is that the hope that we're talking about? And he said, yep, that's the one. Ministries like this that the church cannot do by themselves as a group of churches, as a group of Christians that make a difference in a community and make a difference in the world. Well, I'm going to be wrapping it up here. I remember the message that I preached here 11 years ago. 
blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. And I was telling you at that time, you've been blessed. You've been blessed. If you keep that blessing to yourself, the Lord will remove his hand. The reason that we as Christians are blessed is so that we can be a blessing to those who are in need of a blessing. I love that phrase, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. The Lord bless you. And I believe that whenever you say that, some people will take a double look. The waitress, God bless you. Thinking, what do you mean by that? But the fact that you said, they've already been blessed. Besides all that, what made Antioch so special? Antioch was a generous church. Generous church. I'm glad that it's written there because I don't pronounce it right. During the reign of Claudius, the Roman Empire was struck with famine. <clears throat> it was devastating for Jerusalem, especially. Antioch started collecting stuff, collecting money. And would you believe it? They sent Barnabas and Saul to take that offering back to Jerusalem, which meant that Antioch was in better shape. Now, the whole Roman Empire suffered. But Antioch was in better shape than Jerusalem. So what they did is they collected and sent it to Jerusalem. Even though they were going through the same hardship. Hello? They gave from what was for them what the Lord has given them. And this is something that we Christians need to remember. That everything we have as a church and as individuals, everything you have, regardless of what it is, whether it's your position, your education, your house, your car, whatever it is, it was given by God and it belongs to him. And you are a person that the Lord has chosen to be, to be the administrator of that. And to what the Lord gives, he expects more from you than anybody else. Whatever the blessing this church has received, the Lord expects accordingly, for you to share. The Lord have blessed you with a good leadership. The Lord have blessed you with the message. The Lord have blessed you with so much, with the fellowship that you have. Then share that fellowship. Share that leadership. Share those talents. Share that with the people around you and with the other churches that may have that same need. Poor church, how generous are you? You, real, you realize that the church in Antioch sent out the two big leaders that they had in their fold at that time, Barnabas and Saul, to go and do ministry somewhere else. And from then on, they would only come there because that was the base for the ministry. That was the base. They would go and do whatever and then come back. And they would go and do whatever in another, in another trip or another uh, journey and come back to Antioch. They go there to replenish. How many of you go out and are sent from this church with a message, with a talent, 
or with whatever the Lord has given you. And then you come back, replenish, and live again. A church is blessed when that happens. People are blessed when that happens. Now, we just hope that whoever gets a call from God to go somewhere, that this church would be a sending unit for God, as Antioch was. How generous are we? How generous are you with your congregation, with your community, with the missionary effort, with other churches that may need your leadership? This could be the core for churches of the same faith to come and learn here, that you can invite pastors here and have a conference, that you can invite leadership here and let your leaders tell them how things are done, how, how to organize, how to do this, how to do that. In conclusion, as you heard this message today, let me, let me challenge you. Let me challenge you as your leadership and your church, members of this church. As you go forward, and as you were remembering what brought you here, and as you were remembering the blessings that you have received while you've been here, how many of you would today make a commitment to look forward and be part of that movement, to continue that blessing to others? Would you do that? Would you commit yourself? Would you stand? Would you commit? Would you commit? Thank you. Would you commit? The members of the church, first, the members of the church, I'm just asking you, would you commit yourself to take the, the, the effort forward? Anyone else? I want to pray for, for whoever stands. Then you, you may be a, a visitor here. And it may be that today you're saying, now this church preaches the gospel, and I like to be part of this. If you want to be part of this, would you stand? Would you stand? Or you may, it may be that you have heard about Jesus, you, you have heard about the historic Jesus, but yet ah, you have not made a commitment to open your heart and say, Lord, I have sinned, and I want, I want to, for you to forgive my sin. I want to be part of you, or of the kingdom. I want to be part of, I want to start a, a relationship with your father through you. Come into my heart today. Would you? Please stand. Stand with the others. Stand with the others. I want to pray with you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Please stand. He's calling you. It's touching your heart. You know what these people are doing. You want to be part of this. Anyone else? Let me go ahead and pray. And I'm going to pray that the Lord will use you, that the Lord will touch your heart in such a way that you will discover the talents, the time, the treasure that the Lord has given you to use it for his glory. Let's pray. Father God, Today we come before you as the Antioch Church did. Just open our hearts to receive from you the marching orders. For 19 years you've been blessing this church. And we ask you, Lord, that now, for the next years to come, that you, Lord, will lead us in such a way that we would understand where we can share our talent, that we can share our time, that we can share our treasure with others within the kingdom to spread the gospel and to bring others to your fold. For, the, for these that have stood up, I thank you for the members of this church and for the leadership of this church. I thank you for all the efforts that they have made 
to continue, Lord, serving you while serving others. That they've been used, that they, the, their good works have been because of the transformation that you have made in their heart. And that's the only reason that they do this, Lord, because you work in their heart and in their minds. And I ask you, Lord, to give them the strength and give them the wisdom to make the right decisions as a church, as a leadership, and the members of this church, Lord, that they may become ministers, but more so missionaries, so that they will go out and wherever you have placed them, the place of work or at home, to be the catalyst for other people to get to know you and know you better. Lord, for those who got up at the end, that are looking forward to establish a relationship with you, you know who they are, and you know the need that they have. We ask you, Lord, to open their eyes today, that they might realize, Lord, this decision, that their sin is forgiven. Their sins are forgiven. And now, Lord, they can establish that relationship with the Father, with you, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for giving us today this opportunity that we can make a decision before you to follow you, to continue with you, to work with you for the work that needs to be done for the kingdom. Our thirst and our food is to do your will. And we want to do your will until every part of the work is done. For it is in Christ that we pray. And the people of God said,